You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Pete Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? This is Colin with. Hey, guys, it's Elliot. And we've got a pretty exciting guest here that's going to join us, uh, Jan Stabinski here. Hello. Uh, just pretty much wins everything. I guess I'll start with that. But uh, Jan, welcome. Uh, tell us, uh, say hello. Give us a little quick background on yourself here. Uh, hey, guys. It's thrilling to be here. Um, background on myself. Well, I swam in high school. That pertains to triathlon. Then I didn't really do much sports throughout college or grad school. Did my undergrad back in New York City, where I'm originally from, in environmental engineering. My master's here in California at Stanford in applied math. Kind of got back into lap swimming in grad school. And when I finally started working and didn't have to devote so much time to classes. I signed up for my first triathlon, the Santa Cruz Half Ironman. And, and what yeah, year was just that? Kept going from there. That was, uh, that was uh, 2017. 2017. Yeah, 2017 was my first triathlon, Santa Cruz Half. Nice. And had, uh, I'd say, a decent year this year, huh? This year has been pretty great for me. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think I won every race I started this year. So that's, uh... <laughs> Which includes the 70.3 world championships. So uh, age group. So it's still racing age group. That certainly will be a question here. I'm sure you're getting a lot now of uh, how long that status will remain here. But uh, well, this podcast is called age grouper for life, right? <laughs> that's that's right. We don't uh, typically. We had to get your interview in before we, uh, before you yeah. make your decision. Exactly. We do have a few people that have turned to to be pros, but uh, age groupers when they're on the podcast. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, and then uh, absolutely crushed Ironman Arizona a couple of weeks ago as well here. So, um, yeah, man. So yeah, that was one question. So you live in Cali? You still live in Stanford, or like where where do you live? I live. In Palo Alto, not yeah. too far from Stanford, um, because I love the campus so much. Um, the pools there are fantastic, although I haven't had access to the 50-meter pool in two years. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's just a fantastic location for training, because you can go on to the flat bay trail for a gravel run or into the hills for a strength run. Um, yeah. Nice. campus itself is a pretty great loop and lots of trails around there 
Very cool. Very cool. So that was, uh, you, you alluded to it a little bit there. So really just, uh, some swimming in high school, um, with your swim times, I would have expected you to have been a collegiate swimmer. Hmm. Unfortunately, uh, no, I kind of burnt out of swimming, uh, sometime in my junior year of high school. Were you like, Winning races and Unstable. Super, super successful. I kind of burnt out with swimming, honestly, around junior year. Yeah, yeah. Were you super successful, though, like winning races and stuff, like at the top end or kind of just another guy on the team at that point? Not really. Um, I, I focused on breaststroke in high school, um, and actually they only let us really swim the 100 breast at high school meets, although at the club level I do the 200. That was kind of my thing. I made it to states at one point and got like second to last place there. And that was my, that was my peak. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty great. Awesome. And so what do you, uh, you have a full-time gig. What, uh, what is your, your job? What do you do now? I'm a software engineer at Raytheon. Uh, cool. So yeah, I kind of focused on signal processing throughout, throughout my studies. So yeah, right. Code that does that nowadays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. All right. And uh, are you coached, actually? Yeah, yeah. My coach is Liza Rochetto. Um, she's pretty great. Uh, yeah. Clearly something that she's doing is working. I'd say um, so. And before that, I was coached by Gina Kerr, who was a okay. coach at the Stanford Masters Swim Club. And... Yeah, she helps me get through my my first couple of environments. Nice, nice. So we did, uh, Santa, I'm sure you remembered, uh, we met very briefly after you won Ironman Santa Rosa. That was your first Ironman win, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. What number Ironman was that for you? That was my third Ironman. I, third my Man. first one was Santa Rosa, which I'd done the year before, and then Arizona, I went back to Santa Rosa. Unfortunately, they since canceled Santa Rosa. I think that was my favorite one I've, I've done to date. The course there was so beautiful. It was a good course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And um, let's hear a little bit about your training here. Like, uh, you a big kind of high volume guy? Like, what what's what's your training typically look like? Uh, I think Liza, my coach, actually just emphasizes more quality over volume i mean building up toward a race yes there will be greater volume but overall the fact that i do have a full-time job doesn't allow me to put in such massive hours all the time so there will be a lot of uh you know zone two riding on weekends especially you know a month or two before a race and then building up to it there will be more intervals I think the most I get is like 20 hours a week for like the two or three weeks in a proper build up to a race, but otherwise it'll be around 15, between 15 and 20. And do you train alone or do you train with groups and all three, I mean, swim, bike and run? Mostly alone. Um, I think that's part of the triathlon lifestyle, honestly. I do spend a lot of time on my TT bike, which I find very important just to be able to hold that position and be 
used to it. And uh, yeah, being on the TT bike is a pretty solitary experience by nature. It doesn't, yeah. it's not really conducive to a fun group ride. Um, yeah. Swimming, I, I loved doing that with Stanford Masters, but because of the pandemic, all the, all the Masters clubs got, got shut down. I, I would sometimes meet up with one of my friends from that club uh, to do some open water swimming with him. Um, but otherwise, getting by on my own. Nice. And one more question before I forget. Uh, you are riding a diamond, right? Yes, I am. How long have you been on that? A uh, bit, bit over a year. Actually, okay. yeah, I got it after I won Ironman Arizona in 2019. So two years now. Two years, yeah, cool. Uh, last so what, year, what wasn't you... much racing on it. It was just uh, getting used to it. And did it take a lot of used to, used to it? What's what's your thoughts on the bike? Well, getting used to the bike itself wasn't such a challenge. Um, getting used to a new position on the bike has been a challenge because I went much more aggressive with uh, the aerodynamics of my position this year. Um, so that's taken a while to, to adapt my body to. Um, and I think I still have some work to do with that after Ironman Arizona. Ironmans are, yeah, quite different from halves. You can get away with a lot of stuff in a half, but it catches up to, uh, you know, three and a half hours and four in an Ironman. Yep. Um, and otherwise, yeah, the bike is fantastic in my opinion. It's like a quintessential triathlon bike with all the compartments. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sponsored by them. I'm not shilling for them. It's, uh, it's a great well, bike. Yeah. So that devotes more that uh, obviously you believe in it. But yeah, I'm just curious. I actually still haven't ridden a bean bike. I'm, I'm intrigued by them for sure. And uh, like from a field perspective or like, hilly course versus flat course like what are your what are your thoughts so, on i used to ride on a shiv and going from the shiv to the diamond felt like riding on a cloud like it was so much better on some of the potholes around my area but it's still way stiffer than my road bike like if i get on my road bike after being on the diamond it's you know it's another world entirely, right? Like it, the road bike absorbs all of the imperfections in the road. Um, as far, yeah, and climbing, like I go out into the, have you ever been to the Bay Area? Like if you've ever I, been here? I, I, just, just to Santa Rosa for the race, but I guess I've been to, to, to the Bay for uh, for work a little bit, but I've uh, never really trained there, now. So we have some pretty great, great climbs around here, you know, like, uh, three miles, 8%, five miles, 6%. And there's some shorter ones, uh, like a mile at 10%. I go up all of these on my TT bike, no problem. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, of Very course, cool. it could be, could be a little bit lighter for those steeper climbs, but you know, that's the trade-off. And in, in the end, it, I say it pays off. Like, yeah, if you can stay arrow going up a climb even at like twelve miles an hour, you're you're saving time. Right, right. So, would you say if you you know had a more traditional bike and a bean bike, like pretty much any course, you'd still pick the bean bike? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool. All right, nice. Um, and I got to assume you're you're training with power. Yes. Yeah. So 
Um, I'm, I'm curious, like pacing wise, I mean, it seems like you're, I mean, you're ridiculously strong across the board in all three disciplines, but, uh, like what kind of like power intensity or like what, what kind of focus pace wise do you think, think about or focus on for an Ironman bike split? Well, that varies from the course. Like Arizona is very suited to kind of an interval distribution of your power because it's a false flat uphill into a headwind and then you have a false flat downhill with the tailwind. So yeah, I had a pretty, I don't remember now the exact variability that I had, but it must have been significant because I was essentially doing, you know, thresh... um, my objective was to do threshold for only 15 minutes going up. Then the wind picked up so much on that third lap that I was stuck doing that for almost half an hour, <laughs> which probably caught up with me. On the <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the objective, you know, steady through town, hard up the hill into the desert and then just recover as best as you can on the way down. Interesting. Cool. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's not not exactly like your traditional steady Ironman ride. Like I did the half Ironman in Florida earlier this year, and that was just dead straight. That was like the flattest power curve I've ever seen in one of my files. Um, Arizona, you gotta be a little bit more tactical, I think, with the wind and the terrain. Yeah, absolutely. As the guy with or the agreement coming from the guy with an Arizona State sweatshirt on, huh? Yeah. So actually, both both Elliot and I uh, graduated from Arizona State, so uh, um, I got my inspiration to do Ironman from from Ironman Arizona and seeing one of my teachers do the race. So, um, and we both it was our first, uh, both of ours first. So familiar with that one and uh elliot actually did the race i'm not sure if you saw this this year i'll uh, remind him yet again here uh that he, he did the race this year but uh wasn't feeling well and had to uh to pull out but oh, uh, uh, i like to think that i'll have the wisdom to withdraw from a race if i ever get to that situation <laughs> i thought i would never have to but so you said you got burnt out from swimming but yeah. you, I mean, I'm looking at your splits from Arizona, even in 2019. And I mean, you're standout swimmer, standout cyclist. I mean, where, where does that come from? I mean, uh, honestly, I, I don't exactly know. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you think has been the key to your success in, in 70.3 and Ironman? Well, the key ultimately has been consistency in the first year that I started like training for my Ironman um, 2018. Uh, I got sick more times that year than ever in my whole life. I was getting a cold like every other month. Um, and I just, I, I guess I didn't have like a coach yet at the time. And I was just kind of, pushing myself too hard and maybe that's similar to how I got burnt out in high school where if you push yourself too much then you'll start to hate what you're doing and you'll get sick and just fall apart do you think winning motivates you winning yes (laughs) well I I never go into a race expecting to win or even really wanting to like I look back on 
Ironman Cozumel I did last year, and I had an absolutely fantastic time during that doing that race, even though I didn't win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's not that's not the key to me wanting to do these races or enjoying them. But yeah, it's pretty pretty great to win, and when I'm out there on the course, I'm aware of everyone I'm racing against and. I'm competing against them and they make me better. Like that's the point. Yeah. If I if I were out there by myself and I cramped two miles into the marathon, I just go home. Right? But because there's everyone chasing me and I want to win, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna go harder. And that's the beauty of the race, right? Like that's everyone else there helps you become a better version of yourself. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, no doubt. So, yeah. So. so I think the consistency has been a, a key to like success this year where I actually didn't get sick this year. That was fantastic. Um, so you think staying healthy, obviously. It's like I got burnt out in high school but i probably had the muscle memory from you know learning to swim when i was a little kid and that came back fairly easily when i started like seriously wanting to train for the sport and like do the ironman distance um one of the keys to actually getting better than that because i found that it was pretty easy to get back to like my high school level which wasn't very high in like the 500 free or anything but then I kind of plateaued doing my own old lap swimming on weekends and stuff. And the key to that was joining that master's group where the Stanford master's team was fantastic, great coach and former Olympians there, people to push you and yeah, compete against even in practice. And that took my swimming to what I'd say is like the step beyond where I could have gotten it myself. Um, and with biking, yeah, honestly, I had no idea about power or anything about, but I didn't know what drafting even was. I thought that everyone in the Tour de France, like, is doing the same power within the peloton. I had no idea about cycling. Um, so, yeah, I learned a lot from from my coach and from some of the other triathletes who were at the Stanford Masters team. I might be predisposed a bit to cycling more so than running, but I'm working on my running. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you think that's the thing that needs the most work if you're going to make the next step forward, whatever that is? I oh, mean, for sure. Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty clear from my results that I have yeah relatively good swim and bike times, but got to get that run better. And I've been working on it, but this year I also got set back uh, by an injury that I don't even know exactly what it was. Um, Yeah, just my calf started hurting in April and I even ran St. George through that injury. Honestly, I think it's because I got too addicted to those Nike, Nike Next Percent shoes, which are so unstable that... They were not. They were not helping me long term. That I got addicted to how fast they make you go, even in training. I was like, yeah, can't do that. So I, I I stopped running and them except in races and yeah. 
But I, you think, think they think you think they are the that. fastest shoes to wear? I mean, for me, they've they've made me much faster. I feel, um, and yeah, you can definitely feel how much of your muscles they save how much energy they conserve like i don't get as tired in them when i run for a longer distance as i would in my previous you know like marathon shoes um but i can't say that they're the fastest shoes out there because they might not work for some people right like it depends on what kind of runner you are i i would think in my case i can feel that they noticeably yeah make me make me faster than like my old stability trainer shoes yeah which right. i have gone back to for training and that's honestly like yeah since saint george going mm -hmm. to arizona i had a great running block and no injury just gotta slow down a bit in training and yeah i'm, I'm with you i do shoes for for the race i i do a lot of my training in the the zoom flies the like the non-carbon you know but the same kind of setup as the as the alpha flies or the, the vapor flies. But uh, I do, I always say I'm not gonna run in them as much as I do. And then when it goes to go for a run and you see different options, I always end up usually yeah. going to those, you know? Yeah, uh, if you can get away with it, it's pretty great. But in my, in my case, I don't think I'm like a natural runner. So yeah, I had to get over my little addiction. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about, do you do, it sounds like you certainly get outside a good amount for your ride. Do you ride on Zwift or online often as well, or in, in, inside often? Or? Uh, I've never even tried Zwift. And honestly, I will go out in pouring rain and like tornado winds rather than bike indoors. Uh, so that means, do you indoors. have a trainer or no? Sorry? Do you have a bike trainer? Yeah, I have uh, like an old... Uh, Kurt Kinetic, just the standard trainer that I can clip my bike into. Um, it's a bit of bit of a hassle to set up sometimes because you know you have to I have to swap wheels and like get the tension right and the little dial. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, yeah, just biking indoors is is grueling because it's pretty freaking boring, <laughs> and it's so much like the perceived effort is so much higher for me. Um, I do it some, I do it occasionally and almost I force myself to do it because then I feel if I go out a day or two later, it feels so much easier at the same power outdoors. Yeah. So yeah, definitely has its uses, but it's bloody hard. Boring. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Sounds like you hate it. <laughs> It's not, it's not the, it's not my favorite aspect of biking. I'll just say that. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy being outdoors and, and the scenery and. Absolutely. The feeling yeah. of moving. So I know you said that uh, the mat going back to swimming real quick. So the masters is out right now, but like how often are you swimming typically? Um, four to five days a week, I think during, um, yeah, four days a, or yeah, four to five days a week during during like a, a training build. Um, I think I tried going up to like six or seven sometimes, but that proved to be unnecessary. I was like 
you got to make the and best use of the time that you have. How long would you say, like an hour or what, what kind of duration you usually do? Yeah, yeah, typically an hour. Uh, rarely, rarely more than that, honestly. During, during the pandemic, for example, last year, we only had a 35 minute, actually, even for the first half of this year, we only had 35 minute slots at the local pool and the Stanford pool was closed completely. Uh, for, for all of last year, I didn't swim in a pool at all. I only did open water. Um, this year, I finally started going to the to the pool because it's expensive for a thirty-five minute spot. Ten dollars <laughs> yeah. for thirty-five minutes. Yeah. So yeah, actually distributing that time, I I would do like one or two open water swims a week still this year, for uh, for an hour. Um, about the the same in a pool once they opened, when there were only a thirty-five minute slots, I tried to go a little bit more often. Cool. Why do you like triathlon more than if you, I mean, you're, you're a good swimmer, you're a good cyclist. I mean, have you, what, what appeals to you most about triathlon? Uh, that's honestly a difficult question. What appeals to me most, but I was going to answer the first one. I think you're okay. alluding to where like, why do I like it more than swimming? Um, I think if you wanted to take swimming to the level where you're doing like really well, you'd have to be swimming more than 20 hours a week right and like twice a day and I think the part where I have to do that same thing for 20 hours gets to me and I can't sustain that and the wonderful thing about triathlon is that you do many different things and can get good at all of them um and if you get injured in one of them, then you can kind of focus on the others and then still improve overall. Totally. How about strength training? You, you doing much lifting or? Uh, I started in the off season, literally last week. I was, right, able to so. do, I was able to do six barbell squats with 85 pounds. That's how weak I am. All right, so that confirms you don't mm -hmm. necessarily have we're, to do. We're starting. To, uh, we're starting but, again. Uh, well, that's smart, man. I mean, and I bet you probably got pretty sore even from just doing that, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, don't don't fault yourself on that. I mean, it's amazing to me. I I'm one that slips off with the strength training sometimes too, and like I can be in great shape, and you know, from a triathlon or multi-sport perspective, endurance perspective, be phenomenal, and then go lift, you know, like you said, some minimal weight that you wouldn't think would be that hard and then be sore than after an Ironman, you know, two days later, you know, it's, it's the yeah, specificity so there is, is your is body's crazy. not used to it. A lot of lifting heavy is also the neuromuscular adaptation. Um, but yeah, I, I did do a lot of core work throughout the year because basically I gave up on strength training because I didn't have an access to a gym, access to a gym. Uh, okay. So, so, so prior to COVID, you were lifting? In, sorry? prior to COVID you were lifting? Yeah, I did like one or two strength sessions in our office gym where I, yeah, I was able to do like 220 pounds deadlift like three times at my best, I think. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, so for the past two years without a gym, I just did body weight and core stuff at home. So I have one of those pull-up bars that you can put in a door frame right. and like one leg pistol squats and 
planks and yeah, it's typical. You don't have, you don't need weight to get a decent workout in for sure. There's definitely ways to get around it, no doubt. Yeah, so. but I will. Yeah, I've made it a bit of a goal to to get back into it this winter because they reopened the office gym as well. Nice, nice, cool. And how how is like for work for you? Is it like kind of nine to five, pretty standard, or do you like uh, no. what's? It's it's not nine to five at all, as my coworkers can attest. I often work at weird hours um, because yeah, I'll take a break in the middle of the day to go train. Um, and yeah, thankfully my job offers me the flexibility with hours to do that. Um, ultimately, I have to attend meetings, be available when, when my team at work needs me, but otherwise I can write code. Right. You whenever. got deadlines or things you got to work on, right? You get it done when you want to, right? Yeah. Deadlines, you know, don't need to be told enough about that. Like I was working overtime <laughs> in the weeks uh, leading up to Ironman Arizona, actually. Because uh, that was crunch time from this particular project. Um, yeah. Honestly, just being able to get through that. I did take the week before Arizona as vacation because it was literally the project ended and then I had that week. So nice. That, that was crucial, that bit of recovery. But going right. up to that, I was, I was, yeah, I was kind of exhausted. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So what about uh, sleep? Do you like? Do you what? What would you say your average for sleep a night? Seven, seven hours probably. Seven to eight, but rarely eight. And I could. My objective also for the off season is to recalibrate that. Um, yeah, for like that week when I was in Arizona on vacation, I was actually getting between eight and nine hours a night, and I felt amazing waking up. Whereas often at work, you know, especially if I finish what I'm doing later and in the day, in the evening or at night, um, it's hard to switch your brain off and then you can't fall asleep well. And that doesn't lead to quality sleep, which impedes recovery. I'm aware of that, but that's that's one of the difficult things about balancing, you know, work and training. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um... What about like, are you, do you feel like you stay on top of foam rolling, like the little things like jumping in the Norma text, that kind of stuff? Well, I don't, I don't have Norma text. That's some fancy luxury stuff. Um, but yeah, I foam roll pretty dang consistently. Uh, I, I think that's, yeah, foam rolling is important for me. I don't know okay. if, if it actually works, but it feels. Um, and I did get one of those um, massage guns as like a yeah. cheaper alternative. Percussion to, guns, yeah, right, yeah. To, you know, like Norma Tech or actual massage. And yeah, I feel that, that it works for me. And I, I've been able to stay pretty consistent with that because I also noticed that if you stop foam rolling like your IT band for like a week or worse, and you start foam rolling again, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, so much. <laughs> right, right. That's but if you just point. do it often, then then yeah, you stay, you stay looser. Right, right. That's true. And going back to your sleep. So, and you're like, or do you are you more of like a, a late night? Do you usually go to bed pretty late, or do you do like yeah, morning? Yeah, I think I'm like, I'm more like, of a night person. I yeah, I'll save my mornings for race day. 
Which, there you go. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that, you know, you should live the way you race. And, you know, if, if you're going to have to wake up at 4 a.m. for a race, then you should wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Eh, in my experience, that hasn't been necessary. I can wake up at 4 a.m. for a race and take some caffeine and be fine. Otherwise, hey. I'll sleep in to 8 uh, you got that, Colin? Do not. You should... I mean, hey, I, I'm not knocking it at all. I mean, I'm assuming, yeah, we didn't uh, any like significant other. And I'm assuming you don't have any kids, right? No. Yeah. So. No. Yeah, guys... no, I, I've seen that you have four. <laughs> which I would, right. if I have any questions for you, how do you? <laughs> yeah, but no, it's 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 uh, definitely uh, different capabilities for you guys, right? You know, for me. I got to get up and try and get it done before the kids wake up and there's too much mayhem going on because uh, it just doesn't work if I if I don't get it done early. So um, yeah, no, that's a little bit, a little bit I, I admire that. Like it's mind blowing how you can do that. One of my best friends just had his second kid and he still finds time to, you know, he's also a triathlete and he does he's like swimming and biking and running and like whatever hour window he has that's what we do right we make the best of it you know try and schedule for me anyways and prepare and make the best of the time we have you know so that's uh, good so yeah, I, I kind of became a night person yeah in college and grad school and that kind of stuck with me just stuck with it yeah yeah i don't know i try to recalibrate again in the off season or in a period when i when it's less intense at my job and I don't have to stay up late to meet some deadline because I, I think with like, yeah, lack of discipline, it's much easier to stay up later and yeah, just work more hours to try and get a project done rather than distribute it evenly across like a longer period of time. Yeah. So you'd like to avoid that. That's something the software industry could learn from triathlon. That's true. That I definitely agree with that. Rather yeah. than trying to cram everything into the last in the sprints, that doesn't right? work yeah, in triathlon. Okay. You could still cram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I found that. Let's go. Let's go back to like seventy point three worlds. So I find that that um, surprising to me that like you didn't go into that saying like I'm going to win this thing. Like so that really didn't even like comp, you know cross your mind. It, of course, it crossed my mind, but it's not yeah. something I like to dwell on because that can lead to, you know, some unnecessary anxiety, sure. especially during the that's, race. Uh, I'm not knocking it in the slightest. I think that's that's cool. But, you know, I would just expect somebody at your level and like, you know, so having yeah, a race like, like that with, you know. It's like having won a couple of races in the past. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go into races in the future wanting to win mm -hmm. yeah. but that's not that's not the crucial objective i know yeah. that's cool yeah so what about uh and i'm assuming were you gonna race kona this year if it happened i, I was gonna yeah <laughs> right. yeah yeah um and have you actually so wait have you been to the big island yet or? i went i did kona in 2019 oh you did okay cool uh how did you do i did terribly well, I mean, it was well, fun okay. in the, what, what, was what, fun in the end because when things fell apart, I just I just tried to have a good time, which was pretty hard. But yeah, there were there were some fun times had on the course. 
Basically, what happened is I got incredibly, incredibly dehydrated on the bike. Uh, walked most of the marathon. Um, yeah, you're the, you're the only person that's ever happened to in that race. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's, like, it's a it's a humbling place for sure. At one point, I, I remember sitting on the on the Queen K and just like taking my shoes and my socks off and wringing my socks out of all the the sweat because they were chafing me so much um at one point i was like i i grabbed the whole like gallon of, of water from an aid station and was just kind of walking with it and okay i was like giving it to people <laughs> who were also passing me by like just have fun with it at that point because i was not coming back from from that level of dehydration yeah what did what did you swim there you remember uh 50 30 i'm gonna guess yeah hair under yeah. 51 i think check on a hard swim all the all the best all the best swimmers show up there too and it's right. not wetsuit legal and there's a big swell and there everyone's was, yeah. fighting for position in that lead pack so we can get pretty can get pretty hairy right no doubt yeah and so what did you, what did you, I mean, did you feel it? Did you know you were dehydrated and headed for trouble on the bike? Well, I knew when it was too late. That's usually yeah. what happens, I think, with dehydration, at least in my experience. It's like you have to drink and be on top of that before before you even get thirsty. Because once 100%. you then, uh, Especially in those conditions. Yeah, absolutely. It a long time to, to recover. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, cool. So redemption next year or what? I mean, that's the objective. We'll see. Yeah. I want to see how well I can handle it. Yeah, cool. So I'm assuming you'll be in St. George and Kona? Yes. I had my Kona slot rolled over to St. George, and I took my Kona spot in Arizona. Right, okay. So that's the, the main schedule for next year. Excellent. Yeah, Elliot and I are both doing those as well. So that'll be cool for us to get together in person here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, very cool. So, and I guess I'll step way back here. Like, you know, you, you have this one background and like you, you did Reasonable. Like, did you see yourself when you signed up for your first even half Ironman or Ironman? Like, this is something I'm going to be good at. Or like, this is something that's going to be, you know, a huge aspect of my life when you started kind of getting into it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, well, so I basically always wanted to do an Ironman since I'd seen the Kona broadcast on NBC as a little kid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my parents weren't too supportive of that. Uh, <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, look at the crazy people on TV. I was like, I want to do that. Someday. <laughs> um, and yeah, just kind of yeah, not having the support and the resources to do it. I never got around to it. I ultimately signed up for the half because I figured ah, I better better start easy before I do a full. Um, I thought it would just be a one-time thing, honestly. I just wanted to like try it and see what an Ironman is. And yeah, when I did my first half and didn't do too bad, even in my very first race, I was like, oh, I guess I can try that full one 
and I didn't do too bad in that either, even though, yeah, in my first full, I, I bonked halfway on the bike. Like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. So it was like, I started, I had no idea about power at the time. And I'd kind of read that, you know, pros are doing some amount of power. So I was like, oh, I can do that power. I'm like, a, I'm like a fit guy. Yeah, no, I did that power for like an hour. And then, uh, then, finish the rest of the way yeah right right and um, yeah bonked during the run Ugh. my ass still ended up like finishing relatively well um i think i was eighth in my age group at that race in the top 10 of my age group so what was your time was like, oh, this is uh yeah maybe someday i can qualify for kona let's uh keep working at this um, what, what was your time and your first center of the and nine thirty-five, bit over nine and a half hours. That's awesome, man. And on a bad day, that's impressive. That's cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even like it wasn't a, as I'm sure you've experienced. It's it's not after that first Ironman. It's like I immediately wanted to do another one because I knew kind of that. I was able to do better. Like every every time you can see what your mistakes are. And I don't even know if the perfect Ironman is possible because it's such a it's such a long day that it almost seems like something has to go wrong. But we're seeking to get as close to that perfect day as possible. And like even looking at Arizona, right? Like I said, I cramped on the marathon. That probably that definitely started already on the bike. Well, I think that's I what still... makes it so addicting to though, too. I mean, going back to my point of like why do you triathlon versus single sport? I mean, running, for example, it's just so calculated and like you're just I mean, it's mile by yeah. mile, like you know exactly what to run. In triathlon, you're at Ironman, Arizona. I mean, you got a lot more to deal with than just Checking off I love that time. I love that you say that because I actually I tend to race more by yes, I had the like power strategy for Arizona, but even it's more of uh just a distribution of effort rather than power. I do tend to race more by by, by feel by, yeah. by feel. The power meter is still there to prevent me from yeah blowing up on the on that first hour again. But you know, when when you feel like uh, you can't go that hard or maybe you can go a little bit harder, yeah, you definitely can. And it's interesting also that, yeah, as Elliot's saying, the run isn't as metronomic as your ideal standalone marathon. It's uh, it's this kind of, it's like a war that you're fighting against yourself and, and the elements and, yeah, against your competitors. But, yeah. Have you uh, have you run like standalone half marathon or marathons? I have not yet. No. No. Okay. okay. Someday maybe. There you go. There you go. Cool. So you got no. Saint George I, and, I, I and I find that okay. the bike is a good warm up for for the run. So I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, any other? Or actually, are you going to do uh, Saint George uh, seventy point three next year as well, Worlds or? That's an interesting question. It's only like two weeks after Kona. I can't believe they're doing it. Why? Yeah, I don't don't understand. Um, And I emailed the organizers after after St. George this year, 
asking whether we get a slot because I don't know. How, do you get a slot if you win your age group? You you do in Kona, I know for sure. But I'm assuming they do the same thing at World at at 70.3 World as well. Definitely in for the Ironman World Championships. You're the only person that gets a slot is the one that won their age group, you know, so, the previous year. So I'm assuming that you sounds get one. correct. Yeah. The, they responded to be saying that I should get a slot because I won my age group, but I haven't actually gotten that slot yet. So yeah, probably be an issue for you to qualify if you didn't get it. You know. I never know. I'll take <laughs> um, No, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm just curious. Yeah, with, but with yeah, that, layout, I, that layout is brutal. If I get that slot, I will probably try it. Um, yeah, it's only been two weeks since Ironman Arizona. I feel like I could do it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Nice. <laughs> So, um, all right. I know the big question. Here. I want to hear the big question, Colin. Just ask it. <laughs> well, no. I, I mean, um, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're like, you, you didn't even have kind of your, your best race, right? You, you could have certainly improved or the cramping slowed you down on the run. And you're still where? Well, actually, I don't even have it in front of you. What was your total time at Arizona? 8.23. 8.23. So, I mean, you're beating lots of the pros like what uh are you are you i'm sure you obviously got to be at least thinking about it but what are you intending to go pro anytime soon no it's a it's a fair question uh honestly i want to do kona again like yeah i kind of said after my first ironman that was the thought that crossed my mind like i want to go to kona Mm -hmm. i did go to kona I didn't do what, like my, I didn't have a good hydration strategy the time I went there. I didn't have, I had a fun day, but it wasn't a good race day. Right. So I want to go back. If I went pro right now, I probably struggle a lot <laughs> to get a spot because there are some bloody good pros out there. Um, no so, doubt. Yeah, basically next year I will be racing age group because cause I want to go to Kona. I want to try it again. And that's fair. Very, yeah. very fair. If yeah. I, I mean, do that really, makes sense. If I do really well at Kona, then then I'll probably go pro. Yeah. And if I do really terribly at Kona again, then I'll probably go pro anyway because I know that Kona is not for me, so I don't need to worry about trying to qualify for it again. Um, that's, but that's what I say right now. Okay. I mean, uh, it's also. It's like if I if I be, if I race as a pro, I'd want a good reason to do it, mm-hmm. um, which basically I I want to step, I'd want to do better than I am doing now as an amateur, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you can even look at to do that. Like, I have to figure out whether it's like financially possible for me to, yeah, balance more um, training time with my job. What right. do you think separates you versus? the best pros out there is it training time i mean what are they doing well i'm sure they have some you know exos uh, endoskeletons or whatever cyborgs <laughs> no i'm joking um i they have more time and they have like more more resources for training and recovery i think so if you didn't have a job and you got paid to do this and had unlimited sponsors would you be faster i think so um yeah my as as i was saying like recovery is my recovery is definitely 
Um, Something like you do some work? Yeah, hampered a lot by, by me working longer hours. Um, but I think so that's I think, why a lot of the age groupers should get a lot of respect because I mean, they have other stuff going on in their lives. And I mean, triathlon is important even for me and Colin, but we have other stuff going on in life as you, as do yeah. you. So, I mean, I, I see a lot of the pros, you know, do a lot of work on their bikes, for example, themselves. I, after this race, I disassembled and cleaned my bike. And that wasn't exactly an easy process. Like it took a couple of hours. Um, everything takes time. You got to make time for everything. Got to balance that with work. I, I would think that the top level pros like have, um, have more people helping them so that they can devote much more time to, to training and recovery. Um, but I can't say exactly. I would, if I, if I wanted to do much, much better, I think I would need to get more rest and train and just like training volume, actually. Like, as I said, a lot of my training now, yes, it's still pretty, it's still probably like 20 hours is still probably considered like high volume for an amateur. Um, but it's not it's not nearly as as high as what the top level pros are doing, and at some point you you have to put in the high volume for Ironman racing. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, when I look at somebody like yourself and you're thinking about that question, right? I mean, a big draw, I think, or appeal to you going pro, I think, is your capability that you could jump right in the swim. I think and you could at least swim with the second pack, if not the first pack of pros, right? So, like, I think tactically the the race is a lot different when it comes to the pro racing right you got to be oh, in for that sure. that second pack a, and you got to that would be a big learning experience for me and actually uh, that's, right. that's one of the things that actually makes the idea of racing as a pro attractive to me even if i don't find the extra time to train and recover just to get better you have to keep racing against people like much much better than you if you win two races, you can become kind of complacent, which I don't intend to become. Like I could, I can still feel everyone breathing down my yeah. neck yeah. and I can yeah. see them ahead of me. Yeah. I'm racing against the best, whether I am against the pros or against age groupers. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool to race against like Lionel Sanders or Jan Fernando someday. And uh, yeah, the tactics would be interesting to learn. Just, I guess, the group dynamic, which doesn't really exist in age group racing. Uh, yeah. I guess there's, there's different tactics in like age group stuff where. For sure. I don't know. I, yeah. hear, I hear whispers about people in like draft trains and pelotons and. Uh, and the age group races, which I stay away from. Just go off the front and you don't have to worry about that. Well, there you go, right? You don't have much to worry about with that swim and your bike capabilities. Uh, it should be a lot easier. But yeah, no, it's it's a huge problem that uh, definitely is, is demoralized or just disappointing that uh, it is an issue. But uh, hopefully our new little uh, trackers here that are coming out will get out here soon and uh, 
we'll see what happens with those. You've seen those, right? The uh, I did hear about this. Yeah, that the. Well, wait. Are you referring to the like sensors that can kind right, of communicate right. sensor between on the back the of the bike that will like yep give a or track you know if somebody's behind you and then kind of give you a cue when you get in the zone. Yeah. Um. You know. It's or it's. I actually had that idea, ironically enough, earlier this year, and I had started toying around talking to somebody that uh, might be able to help develop it, and uh, we decided to not move forward with it. But uh, it's a similar concept, and it totally makes sense. And it does. Uh, I I hope that Iron Man is willing to spend a little bit. Well, that's I mean that's huge the thing. entry fees on that. Right. I mean, I I talked actually to a couple of race directors just to get kind of their feedback, and it's like would you be willing to pay more, you know, to invest in the reality is like us, you know, up at the top of the front, you know, that want to make sure it's a clean race. Like we care about it. Right. You know, but the majority of the race field probably doesn't. Right. So are they going to want to pay, you know, extra or have to invest in something like that to do the race? I don't know. Hmm. So it's, wow. it's interesting, but it's, it's here. We'll find out. It's cool. I don't know exactly how much I'd be willing to pay for that, but I'd probably be willing to pay a couple more dollars than right. the entry fee for something like this. Yes. Right. It right. is. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, any other uh, little nuggets, uh, tidbits or anything you'd like to give to our listeners here? Well, um, nuggets and tidbits. Yeah. Seriously, be consistent and don't try to be a, a hero. And I feel a bit hypocritical sometimes because in my training, I I tend to go too hard more often than I'd like. Um, hopefully still restrain, restrain myself enough to not blow up and still have the good quality days, but focus on that. Um, enjoy it like that's what that's why we're doing this thing it's uh i guess it's kind of abstract to say or hmm, not abstract but contradictory that you're enjoying suffering enjoy right? the pain and, absolutely uh, iron man is like a journey of suffering in many ways but you enjoy the process of getting there and it's like getting comfortable and being uncomfortable right yeah, <laughs> that's like, I guess that's one of my things as well. Uh, they say to be like super comfortable in your aero position. Uh, I say get aggressive in your aero position and learn to learn Hold to be uncomfortable in that for four hours. Like it's only four hours, you could, or five hours or six or seven hours. What is that in the span of a lifetime anyway, right? It's only seven hours. You can hold that position for seven hours. That's a great That's right. point. That's a, I'm going to use that statement to everyone I help <laughs> going forward. <laughs> it's only seven hours. There's <laughs> uh, some truth to that, though, right? You know, it's been, and because you, know, yeah, you got to play some mind games with yourself to to get through that day. Um, but yeah, it's. I want to sound too pretentious, but it is kind of like a, a journey of you know figuring out who you are and how you deal with problems as they arise and, and trying to become a better version of yourself. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. I call it the journey all the time. You know, it's true. 
Have you learned more from your successful races or more from the races that didn't go as well, like your Hawaii 2019 or the the first one of the first Ironmans you've ever done? I mean, when you bonked on the bike, I mean, I'm sure you learn you learn everything at everyone. But I yeah, I was going to say that it's equivalent because at every race I make tons of mistakes and I see all of them, so I, I learn from those mistakes. Even yeah, even my successful races have had so many. Okay, that's awesome, man. Well, we really appreciate you coming on here and uh, taking the time, and it's definitely inspiring to to see what you do here. And uh, you know, love to connect with you in person here at some point. And uh, you know, definitely wish you all the success here as you move forward and uh, crush it as you did in two thousand twenty one and two thousand twenty two here. <laughs> Yeah, that would be amazing to, to meet up and to continue this trajectory of mine. Um, Keep the undefeated yeah. streak alive. I guess if I can, if I can say anything, I, you know, I, I don't think of myself as like, I don't know, particularly remarkable. I'm just, just an average guy. Um, but yeah, I guess if, if you really work hard, you can do more than than you might have expected before. Absolutely. I think that's a good way to finish it. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks again, Jan, for coming on here. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, so until next time, we'll, uh, we'll catch you later.